Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin, Property Soldier here, and welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to mention some different acquisition strategies with a particular focus on rent to SA, rent to serviced accommodation. So some different acquisition strategies first then. You've got, as I mentioned, rent to SA via a letting agent. You can also do rent to SA via a landlord. And then there's management. What I recommend people do is to, to get started a, a great way of getting in service accommodation is rent to SA where you're renting properties from somebody else I'll talk more about that in a minute and get to know the business get to know your your patch get to know your area get to know all the costs really well and you'll get a really good understanding on your profit margins and then once you've systemized all that and you've got your team in place, then what you might do instead of renting a property from somebody and using that as SA, you could just manage somebody else's property as serviced accommodation. So I'll talk about management in more detail on a different podcast, but it's just something to bear in mind that you could just manage other people's property as serviced accommodation instead of actually renting it from them. And then there's buy-to-let conversion those existing buy-to-let landlords out there and I am one of those my plan with regards to buy-to-let is as tenants move on I don't actually I've I've not (laughs) served notice on anyone yet even though some of the properties in my portfolio would work really well as service accommodation but my uh, the way I'm handling it at the moment is if the tenants have done nothing wrong then they can stay for as long as they behave but if I do end up taking back a property, so I, I did, I had to evict two lots of tenants last year for not paying the rent and uh, not looking after the property as well. And one of those I am selling because I've done my due diligence uh, on the property and decided that it doesn't really work as serviced accommodation. So selling that one, I'll re- be reinvesting in properties that do work as serviced accommodation. But the other one, done my due diligence and you know what, even though it's only a terraced house in a city terraced, I've got the demand and I'm going to be using that, or I do use that as service accommodation, it's going really well. And uh, I get mainly tradesmen in that property. So yeah, buy to let landlords out there, you can certainly um, convert your buy to let. And also on that, you know, I'm HMOs, those landlords out there with houses of multiple occupancy, you can start using those as serviced accommodation instead. You might want to uh, speak to a local council about uh, changing its use class, etc. But again, I'll cover that in a different podcast. Then there's purchasing property to do serviced accommodation with. What I do say to people who are thinking of purchasing property to do SA is you need to understand the due diligence process that goes for serviced accommodation in terms of assessing the demand for serviced accommodation. Again, I'm going to cover that in more detail on uh, another podcast. But purchasing property, 
specifically to do serviced accommodation with. That's absolutely great. And then there's you can get into more niche areas of acquisition. And some people will have heard of lease options or lease purchase options. And so I do that too. I take control of a property using a lease option. And a lease option is where you have, you fix the purchase price of the property, but you have a time frame in which to exercise your right to buy that property. And so that could be five years. You might decide, you know what, I, yes, I'll buy your property for £100,000 and I've got five years to do it. And a lot of people are happy to do that because they just want to walk away from a property and they're quite happy to to tie the deal up in that way. And then you've got control of the property and you can use the property as you so wish, uh, as, as long as it is in agreements and as long as if there's mortgages involved, then uh, mortgage terms and conditions need to be adhered to, etc. But yes, you can use properties on a lease option for serviced accommodation too. And then there's commercial conversion. So people converting offices, factories, those type of properties and converting them into usually apartments. And instead of using the the properties and, and selling them on as apartments or letting them out to people on ASTs, you can do a commercial conversion into serviced accommodation instead. And on another podcast episode, I'll talk about capital allowances and the capital allowances uh, that are inherent with commercial conversions are extremely significant and make it an extremely attractive acquisition strategy to be involved in. But uh, yeah, watch this space for the section on capital allowances. And then there's straight lease, so you can just straight lease a property to use as serviced accommodation as well. So let's talk a bit, little bit more about rent to serviced accommodation, and you can do that via a letting agent. So let's talk about the benefits to the letting agent first then. So long-term income for less work, because if you have got the, the property and you're using that property as serviced accommodation, the there is no such thing as tenants calling the letting agent saying that there is a leaky tap. Your guests will contact you to deal with things that need to be dealt with. So all of a sudden, as far as that property is concerned, things go very, very quiet for the letting agent once you start using it as serviced accommodation. A professional business relationship with you, your, you and your company that's what the letting agent will um, get instead of dealing with tenants. So no nuisance calls, no no problem tenants to manage, no minor repairs to manage. Because guess what? If the, you've got, you might be doing meet and greet where some a check-in person is meeting the guests and showing them in. And that meet and greet person can spot anything that needs to be addressed, to be repaired. And... So therefore, the letting agent isn't um, being bothered by that stuff. And also, your cleaners can let you know of any maintenance that needs to be sorted out. And again, you would deal with that. So for letting agent's point of view, a lot less work, but for exactly the same money. Because guess what? The letting agent is still going to charge exactly the same fee, percentage of rent, to the owner of the property but for less work. So it's really a good incentive 
for letting agents to work with you and to allow you to use properties that are on their books as serviced accommodation. And one thing to say on that, as soon as the letting agents, then usually most of them do a quarterly inspection of the properties and all of our properties that we rent to do service accommodation via letting agents get an excellent uh, a 10 out of 10 score in all the different areas in terms of maintenance, cleanliness, etc. And so they are extremely happy with us. All they do is they go in, they, they tick all the boxes, they show the landlord, they send a report to the landlord and the landlords are therefore happy because they can see that their property is being kept in absolutely show home condition. And it's probably a rare thing for that landlord if that landlord has been doing buy to let for a while to be told that the property is being kept in absolutely excellent pristine condition so that is the uh, benefit to the letting agent they've also got happy landlords too and they're getting the rent paid on time in full every single month so let's talk about the benefit to the owner then rent to a our letting agent and the benefit to the owner well as i said the rent paid every month on time their asset maintained to a high standard, at least weekly inspections and cleans, because we're doing that, um, keeping on top of it, no voids. And so therefore you are, if you're letting the property to do service accommodation, you are the ideal tenant. So benefits to you, well, guess what? It's extremely fast. You can be taking your keys. Uh, we've actually taken the keys for a property on a Friday and we've had our first guest move in on the Sunday and that was for a month and that was a three and a half thousand pound booking so how quick do you want property investing to be in terms of getting properties from letting agents and instantly cash flowing and it it also I've done all the hard yards in, in property the full Full refurbs, I've even lived in properties, myself and Caroline, whilst all the lath and plaster is coming off the walls. And it, and you're, it's like you're a miner, you're, you're black with all the, the dirt and the dust and the soot. So I've lived in properties whilst refurbishing them. Um, but even when you're not living in a property whilst refurbishing, you're dealing with the builders and you're doing the buy, refurbish, refinance model, you're either then going to keep it or buy, refurbish and sell it on. And it's a long old process and it's, there's no guarantee. You don't actually know until the property is sold or refinanced that you're going to make any money out of the deal. And it's slow and it's long. Well, guess what? Rent to SA via letting agent, the cash flow can be immediate. And we've had properties that we've taken from letting agents and all we've actually had to do is dress the beds. And invite our guests in so it's a a lot of people say to me yeah but why serviced accommodation over the other strategies well i can give you a long list and that is top of the list as far as i'm concerned extremely quick access to cash flow out of somebody else's property let's face it is a property that you're earning a lot of money out of that you do not even own so low setup costs um if you go for furnished property if possible we talk about going shopping, if you like, for property on Rightmove and Zoopla. You can target furnished property. And as I mentioned just now, on the particular property, all we had to do is get the beds made and um, photos done, and it was good to go. So it's low risk. You can test that the property works. 
You can have a six-month break clause in place. So guess what? If it doesn't work, you can hand the property back. Worst case scenario. I mean, we've never actually lost money on, on any property. If you're doing your due diligence correctly, then you know that there is demand before you actually pay a, a deposit and the first month's rent. And you can there from that moment on, you can use your letting agent as your sourcer of property because you've just incentivized them to work with you some more because you're making their life an awful lot easier. So that is the benefit to you. So pretty much in a, in a nutshell, I'll cover company structures, etc. In, in a different podcast, but you need to set yourself up as a limited company and you want to be taking the property on a company let from the letting agent. You're not going to take it on an AST. An AST is not the correct document to be taking a property to be using it as service accommodation. So a company let agreement is the suitable agreement that you need. And then it's just going to be a case of finding the properties on Rightmove, Zoopla and the letting agent's websites and target those that would work for your clients visit letting agents row go and have a a chat with them get let them get to know you and we just speak to them and say look we're accommodation providers and we need accommodation for predominantly our corporate clients that's who we're targeting and you can name drop different companies in your area you can be speaking to different companies get to speak to who's in head of or who in HR deals with accommodation or some companies actually have an accommodation officer ask them where they normally accommodate their staff or their visiting clients etc and if it's in hotels you can give them a really good alternative to that and you can show them your website you can show them photos of of the properties that you may already have etc but when you're visiting the letting agents you can actually name drop these people and say look you've established demand in this area and that's why you need to be acquiring property via your limited company. So yes, you take it on a company let. One thing that I will say on the company let agreement, you would normally be better off using their company let agreement. Most letting agents have got a company let agreement. But the more often than not, what you're gonna to have to change, even though you may have explained exactly how you're going to be using the property, And by the way, we still always tell the letting agent that we're going to be marketing the property as well as targeting companies direct and taking corporate bookings in. We're also going to be sourcing our clients via Booking.com and Airbnb because guess what? An awful lot of companies, that's how they source accommodation for their employees when they're working out of town they go through booking.com and airbnb so we'd be crazy to not be visible on those platforms as well as some of the others so we do let the letting agent know this because what you don't want to happen is just a there there is a stigma around um, airbnb specifically and some letting agents will get a little bit spooked if they notice the property is on airbnb but guess what if you've told them why it needs to be on airbnb in advance they're going to be happy with that they're probably going to have done an inspection of your property as well they're going to be happy that the rent's getting paid on time that the property is being looked after so that's what we do it's totally up to you whether or not you 
omit the fact that you're going to be advertising on Airbnb and Booking.com, but that would be my advice to you because you don't actually want to have a property pulled once you put in all the time of setting it up. And it's interesting that an awful lot of letting agents will actually say, well, I don't mind Booking.com, but I don't want Airbnb. Well, there's absolutely no difference between the two. In fact, with Airbnb, you can be you can have more um, safeguards in place in that you could just only allow inquiries only on Airbnb. So you could vet the potential guests that are coming to stay and then say no to them if you at all have got any concerns whatsoever. Whereas on Booking.com, people can just... You have to be instant book on Booking.com, so you will get bookings. And then sometimes it's a case of if they're not suitable, um, trying to cancel that booking. So it's actually harder on Booking.com. But for some reason, well, it's because of the media um, have got to be in their bonnet about Airbnb and they wouldn't uh, allow you on. Some some letting agents will allow Booking.com and not Airbnb. It's just the way it is. So you've just got to have to be aware of that situation and work around it. So absolutely, you're telling the letting agents that you're an accommodation provider and you're going to be using the different sites to source your clients. Here's the really important thing. This is something that whenever people come to me and they say, look, Kevin, I can't seem to get through to the letting agents. And when I have a sit down and chat with them, I can find out the reasons why they're hitting a brick wall with the letting agents. The letting agents need to know that the liability for the rent does not sit with your clients. The liability for the rent being paid sits with your company. It sits with your limited company. So as long as they're happy that it's the company that's going to be paying, even if there are guests or not, then that's going to um, reassure the letting agent. And also any damage sits with the company. So you've got your... Um, your insurance, you can show the letting agent that you're insured and that you're going to cover any damage to the property as well. And you're going to be showing it, keeping it in show home condition. So you need to make sure that the letting agent is fully aware of that. And then another thing that we do, again, this is a lot easier once you've got at least one under your belt, is we invite the letting agent to come and have a look at our other serviced accommodation properties. So if you haven't got one yet, what you might want to do is speak to another service combination operator in the local area because you can work together with them. If you can't take certain bookings, you can give those bookings to that um, other operator and vice versa. So you might have also a situation where you've got some two night stays, you know, this month, two night stay the next month. And then an inquiry comes in for a three, four month booking until you can move those two bookings out, those two short bookings. You can't accept the long booking for all the extra money. So you can you can offer out bookings to other SA operators and they can do the same for you. So that's how you could maybe form a relationship with another service accommodation operator in your area. And then maybe that operator will allow you to say to the letting agent, would you like to see another one of our serviced accommodation units or one of my partner's serviced accommodation units? Now, in my experience, letting agents don't say yes to that, but you can actually notice them visibly relax when you've invited them to come and have a look at another one of your units because all of a sudden 
you're not a newbie, you've got credibility, you know what you're doing and you're, you're willing to show off your product to them. So they're busy people letting agents, they will just relax, probably not come and have a look, but then be more likely to give you some of their properties. Okay, so different agreements. I mentioned using a company let agreement. You can also use a common law tenancy, a commercial lease, as well as a company let, but you just work with the letting agent to see what agreement they would be happy for you to use. On the company let agreement, you just need to make sure that it's not for your employees. The property is going to be for your clients. So even though you've explained how you're going to use the property to them, sometimes they'll still get you or ask you to sign their company let agreement. You just need to make sure that you change the wording to your guests um, and because it's not going to be your employees. But at this point, you're going to be signing for the keys to the property when you're signing this paperwork, and they're going to have no issues with just changing that one bit of wording because you've told them exactly how you're going to use the property anyway. I would suggest a one-year minimum contract with a six-month break clause for you just in case you need to hand the property back. So after six months, you could be saying to them, look, I need to give the property back to you. So referencing then, here's an, an important thing. For an awful lot of people that are starting off with serviced accommodation, the, the letting agent are going to want to do a credit check. They're going to have to credit check the company, but for most people, the limited company is going to be a brand new limited company. And the, the way you address that situation is that you explain to the letting agent that you're just setting up the business in this area and you've started a, a brand new limited company in order to do this in your area and so therefore when they come to credit check the company it's not going to pass referencing so all you do is you volunteer that when that happens and just use the phrase when that happens you will be happy to stand as a guarantor for the limited company so either you or a business partner, so maybe um, another director in your limited company would stand as personal guarantee. Let's face it, who's most likely to pass a credit check would stand as the guarantor, and that will get it over the line as long as they're happy to um, accept a guarantor um, to uh, um, to be referenced if the uh, limited company is new. And, you know, you can just JV with somebody else who is experienced as well. Someone, you know, there might be somebody that does have a limited company that's been operating for a while. You can maybe JV with them. So that's that's how you deal with the situation of credit referencing. So how do you get more deals from that letting agent? Well, you deliver on what you promised. You do exactly what you said you would do. You keep the properties immaculate. You pay the rent on time. You can send the agent photos of the finished unit once you've got it done. You keep in touch with the agent and you might even want to get to know the management company. So if it's a if it's an apartment block, then it's going to have a management company as well. And you could just get to know those people so they've got somebody to call if there's any issues. Because a lot of people fall foul. The letting agents are happy. There's nothing in the lease which says that you can't do serviced accommodation. We'll talk about lease restrictions in more detail on another con uh, podcast. But there's nothing in the lease that says no. The neighbours don't mind. The letting agent doesn't mind. But sometimes block management companies mind. But if you get to know the block management company, then they're less likely to have an issue. 
and you can just show them that the lease allows serviced accommodation as well. Okay, so rent to service accommodation via landlords then. So where can we find them? You can find them on online portals where they're advertising their properties uh, to let themselves. You've got Open Rent, UPAD, Gumtree, Urban, Spare Room. That's where landlords are trying to bypass letting agents and advertise properties to let themselves. And you can just contact them directly you know make them an offer um, on the rent and you can just give them all the benefits of how you are going to be looking after their property as I've covered earlier you can meet them at networking meetings business networking meetings you know business networking meetings people at the the meeting they might not have any properties themselves but they the way business networking meetings work is that uh, people get points for referrals so you can go there saying that i need um, to be put in touch with landlords that are looking to uh, get uh, fixed rent no voids etc properties kept in show home condition and so they can refer you on to the landlords that could uh, provide you the properties and then there's social media people are advertising their properties to let now on social media on facebook if you go to i know on the facebook app on the the bottom of facebook there's a little symbol now i think it looks like a house if you press that and then you can see some tabs and there's a property button you press that button and then you will see people advertising properties to let on social media now and then also just on social media you start telling people what you're doing um, and you're helping landlords you know, who might have problem tenants, you're helping landlords who might be having issues with voids, helping landlords telling them that you're going to be keeping properties in show home condition, etc. And people tag other people and that you, you're going to be able to get properties on social media too. There's you know, landlord meetings as well where the local council, NLA, RLA, sometimes they put on meetings, National Landlord Association, Residential Landlord Association, they put on meetings and that's how you get to meet other landlords as well and just people that you know. Just tell people what you do and you will get deals that way. So the benefits, same benefits as via letting agents. They can also claim, so here's the thing with serviced accommodation if you set up and definitely via or direct to landlords if you set it up correctly those landlords can claim capital allowances so capital allowances are really exciting and i'm going to cover capital allowances in an awful lot more detail but huge tax savings when your strategy is service accommodation um, you can take advantage of capital allowances and so can the landlords so I'll talk about that in another podcast. And also they can avoid Section 24. So we've many people have heard of the anti-landlord tax, Section 24, and landlords being taxed on turnover, not profit, and not being able to offset their mortgage interest. Section 24 is bad news for an awful lot of buy-to-let and HMO landlords. But if you're using their property as serviced accommodation, direct to landlord, if you set it up correctly, they can avoid Section 24. So that's another incentive for them. And, and they may have more that, that, um, that they're going to give you. So you might get one and then you can get more off that particular landlord. One thing I will say to you is if it isn't furnished, don't let them furnish it with what they choose. You might give them a list of stuff, but I've fallen foul of this in my early days. I gave them a list of things to do and they went and put the cheapest, nastiest 
furniture and appliances into the property. So they pay, you organise. That's that's pretty much the way it works. So you give them a, uh, a, a budget on how much it's going to cost to furnish it and then they pay and you go and get it or get someone to, to get the stuff. And it could be done on a, a profit share basis as well so it doesn't have to be on straight rent you could be managing their property for them and you could actually be incentivizing them by giving them more than market rental on a profit share profit share based on the turnover of the property so hopefully you found that uh, subject useful in acquiring uh, your service accommodation units but specifically on rent to SA. I will be covering some of the other or the other acquisition strategies in further podcasts, so stay tuned for those. So thanks for listening to this one. If you've got any suggestions on future content, then please submit them, submit them via my Facebook page, Property Soldier. So until the next episode, thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.